If you're in the mood for a Wednesday, August 11th, 2021 will provide. If you're in the mood for a summary of recent events in land use, transportation, housing, and other pressing issues in the greater area around zip code 22903, then you're in the right sonic place with this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, not to be confused with my ghost, Ton Subs. On today's show, a new nonprofit launches to promote regional entrepreneurial activities. A quick review of a recent stakeholder meeting on increasing transit in urban Albemarle. Several area destinations receive state funding for tourism marketing, and the COVID crisis continues. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, with the summer heat in full swing, your local energy nonprofit, Leap, wants you and yours to keep cool. Leap offers free home weatherization to income and age-qualifying residents. If you're age 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. The Virginia Department of Health today reports 2,117 new COVID cases, the highest one-day count in four months. The percent positivity is now at 7.5%, and the seven-day average for new cases is now at 1,733. The Blue Ridge Health District reports another 52 cases today. The percentage of Virginians fully vaccinated is now at 54.8%, a number that includes children. The number of adult Virginians fully vaccinated is now at 65.8%. The seven-day average of shots per day is now 14,124, a higher number than this time last week. Next week, the Virginia Department of Motor Vehicles will open a window in the Scottsville Town Office. The DMV Select will open on August 16th in the second floor of Victory Hall at 401 Valley Street. DMV Select offices allow for limited transactions, such as picking up registration decals, but they do not issue driver's licenses. For a full list of services, visit the DMV website. You'll need to schedule an appointment, and masks are required for DMV Select. Speaking of Scottsville, repairs have been made to the library following heavy storm damage in late July. The library reopened yesterday at 1 p.m. A new nonprofit is launching in the Charlottesville area to support regional entrepreneurship. Venture Central is to be a partnership between the city of Charlottesville, Albemarle County, the University of Virginia, and the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce. The group has announced the first members of its board of directors and will begin a search for the first executive director. According to a release, Sarah Rumbaugh of the firm Relish will serve as the chair. Other board members include the economic development directors of both Albemarle and Charlottesville. Governor Ralph Northam has announced the award of $861,080 in matching grants through the Virginia Tourism Corporation's Recovery Marketing Leverage Program. The initiative exists to help expand the Virginia is for Lovers brand and to encourage new tourism marketing partnerships. 
In this area, the Charlottesville Convention and Visitors Bureau will get $10,000 for its Birthplace of Virginia wine program. Dairy Market will get $20,000 for Charlottesville's Bite-Sized Adventures, a foodie bucket list. Front Porch Seaville will receive just under $20,000 for Rivanna Roots, a riverfront concert series. The Blackburn Inn and Conference Center in Stanton will receive $20,000 for Sip, Stay, and Explore, Hiking Trails, and Virginia Wines. The Heifetz International Music Institute at Mary Baldwin University in Stanton will get $2,182.50 for a marketing program. The Waynesboro Economic Development and Tourism Office will receive $10,000 for Experience Waynesboro. And the Wayne Theatre Alliance will get $10,000 for an outdoor production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Picking back up from the August 4th, 2021 meeting of the Albemarle Board of Supervisors, that body agreed to apply for $314,000 in community development block grant funding for a food security program. Stacy Pethia is the county's housing policy manager. The proposed project would serve a total of 470 individuals and households through three distinct programs. These are $110,000 for a grocery card gift program to serve up to 220 households and $144,000 for the local food hub's fresh pharmacy program to provide fresh produce for 18 months to 100 households. The funding would come specifically from a COVID relief program. Supervisors also agreed to amend a special use permit that allows the Monticello United Soccer Club to operate on land off of Polo Grounds Road. Scott Clark is a planner with Albemarle County. The proposal would increase the number of total fields to seven, although only four would be used for play at any one time. This is to enable them to uh, move fields around, rest fields, repair fields. The land is within Albemarle's rural area, and there are no permanent facilities on the property. There is no increase in the number of parking spaces. This property could easily return to agricultural use in the future. There's very low impact on the site. The Mon Yu soccer field is on Polo Grounds Road, which is just to the north of where the furthest Charlottesville area transit route currently stops. That won't change when the city-owned and operated agency alters its routes later this year. But Charlottesville Area Transit is conducting a review of how to expand service to the north. And when we come back from this break, we'll hear about Albemarle County and the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission's efforts to study the same thing, expanding transit in Albemarle County. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. It's time for another subscriber-supported public service announcement. The Charlottesville Jazz Society at seavillejazz.org is dedicated to the promotion, preservation, and perpetuation of jazz. And there's no time like now to find a time to get out and watch people who love to play. The Charlottesville Jazz Society keeps a running list of what's coming up at seavillejazz.org. This week, you can find out that the Michael Ellswick Gathering plays at the Pub at Lake Monticello on Friday, and the Eric Franzen Trio plays at Early Mountain Vineyards on Saturday. Take a look at seavillejazz.org.
just before the break, I mentioned that Albemarle County and the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission are also studying the expansion of transit in Albemarle County, a study that is partially funded by the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation. Boris Palchik is a transit planning project manager with Foursquare Integrated Transportation Planning, a firm hired to help do the work. The other consultant is Michael Baker International. Palchik ran a meeting on July 26th that sought to get initial feedback for the study. It's, it's really a feasibility study and an implementation plan um, for expanding transit service in uh, both population employment centers in specific areas of Albemarle County. The July 26th meeting was for northern Albemarle County along U.S. 29, and one on July 28th was held for Pantops. We'll focus on the July 26th meeting first. Palchik said the study may not result in several new fixed routes, but may include a combination of on-demand routes and other new transit options. This study consists of a market analysis, a service analysis, and stakeholder outreach. The market analysis is looking at the underlying environment in which transit operates or transit needs to operate uh, in the study area. The service analysis is looking at what's happening today on the ground in terms of ridership and productivity. Stakeholder outreach includes the July meetings and other ways to get a sense of what people might want and need in expanded transit. In addition to Charlottesville area transit, Jaunt provides service in the area through on-demand, one fixed route, and through a partnership with Greene County Transit. There's really uh, many different ways to provide transit service, and each of those ways has its own ideal operating environment. So when we're looking at the market analysis, we're trying to understand, then again, the, the environment that exists so we can make recommendations um, that are appropriate. That means taking a look at population density, the built environment, employment opportunities, and other factors to measure the potential for public transit to work. Transit service is most active um, and most efficient in areas that have higher density. The kind of tipping point for where fixed route transit service really begins to make sense is once you have um, more than five people or jobs per acre. Research conducted so far indicates moderate to high transit potential south of the South Fork of the Rivanna River. The highest population density in the area is along Commonwealth Drive, which is currently served by Cats Route 5. Service gaps are north of Rio Road and in the Hollymead Forest Lakes area. This work also comes at a time when Albemarle continues to become more dense, with more properties coming online such as North Point, Brook Hill, and numerous other developments that will be more dense than single-family homes. Palchik said the stakeholder analysis specifically sought out information that may have not come through their initial review. During the service analysis, stakeholders were shown older information on cat routes, several of which are changing in the coming months. There will soon be alterations to Route 5, Route 7, Route 8, and Route 11, all of which serve Albemarle's northern urban area. Scott Elliff is a member of the Forest Lakes Community Association's Board of Directors. The FLCA has used a portion of its homeowner association fees to fight a mixed-use development on Ashwood Boulevard, known as RST Residences. Elliff took the opportunity to speak at a discussion on expanding transit to point out that the existing character of his neighborhood is suburban. The challenge that's happening up here is we're starting to get developments that are going to be by by necessity pretty dense. 
Uh, there's one that's being planned, which we're opposing and hasn't come before the supervisors yet. It would be a huge uh, high-story development on the corner of Ashwood and 29. Currently, there is one fixed route transit serviced in the Forks Lakes area provided by Jaunt through their Route 29 Express. According to Valerie Long of the law firm Williams Mullen, 75% of the apartments in the RST development will be rented to people who can demonstrate household incomes between 30% and 80% of the area median income. Elif is concerned that if all of those people drive, it will exacerbate traffic congestion out of a neighborhood that only has two direct connections onto US-29. The only solution from a from a uh, transportation standpoint that I can think of is to have a dedicated service that picks people up at those affordable housing uh, apartment buildings and takes them nonstop down to Barracks Road, uh, Downtown Mall, UVA, where the jobs are. Elif claimed there were no jobs in his area. In fact, let's hear more of what he had to say. Uh, We're up here in a beautiful area. There are no jobs. There are retail jobs at the places that you mentioned in the shopping centers, north and south. Is this going to be, if it's going to be heavily affordable housing, these are people that are going to be working retail and they're going to be working as, you know, admin assistants or something in small companies or whatever. Mm -hmm. But not around here. This is completely residential. Elif's claim made me look up the latest information from the Virginia Employment Commission on the top employers in Albemarle County. That was last updated on August 5th. Several of these are within close proximity to the Forest Lakes neighborhood, and I included in the newsletter some rough measurements that are taken from the pool at Forest Lakes South using main roads and Google Earth. The number four employer in Albemarle County is the Department of Defense and the various military installations at Rivanna Station. That's about four and three quarter miles away from Forest Lakes. Number six in Albemarle County is the Crutchfield Corporation, which operates by the Charlottesville Regional Airport, about three and a half miles away. Number seven is the Northrop Grumman Corporation, located in between both sides of Stonefield on US 29, about 4.4 miles away. Walmart is the ninth largest employer in Albemarle County, and they are about 2.2 miles away. Number 18 is Emerson, formerly known as GE Fanuc, on US 29, north of North Point. It's about 5.2 miles away. Number 29 is Costco in Stonefield. That's about 4.5 miles away. Number 32 is Target in Hollymead Town Center, about 2 miles away. Number 36 is Micro Air Surgical Instruments in the former U.S. Postal Service building off of Airport Road. That's 2.75 miles away. And the 38th largest employer in Albemarle County is Rosewood Village Associates with facilities in Hollymead Town Center. That's about 2.4 miles away. The RST rezoning goes to the Board of Supervisors on September 15th. Now, on to the July 28th meeting, which covered the Pantops area. Fewer people attended that virtual call. Pantops is currently served by Charlottesville Area Transit Route 10, which will also be changing as a result of the upcoming Charlottesville Area Transit changes. Here's Boris Palchek with Foursquare once again reviewing a market analysis. In the Pantops area, um, north of 250, there are you know a, a number of um, key kind of activity generators like multifamily housing, um, like the Social Security Administration building, um, but it's still showing fairly low density. 
Dick Hiss is the chair of the Pantops Community Advisory Committee. He asked if the various analyses conducted take a look at future land use changes. Have you considered the changes that we see coming in the Pantops area, such as the motor vehicle department going somewhere? That building's had a sign on it for years saying it's moving. Hiss said he is also wondering if State Farm employees will return to that building. State Farm is the fifth largest employer in Albemarle County, according to the VEC. And last fall, it was reported that their employees would no longer be required to return to the physical building in order to do their job. Centara Martha Jefferson is the third largest employer in Albemarle County. Palchek said the stakeholder meetings are intended to take note of comments such as the one from Dick Hiss. For a time, Albemarle County had been updating development dashboards, which depicted what projects were coming up in the near future. These have not been updated since February of 2020, in part because of the pandemic and in part because a staff member has moved on. Charles Rapp, the planning director in Albemarle County, wrote in an email to me today that they are hoping to reveal new dashboards in the near future. But back to transit. Palchik said on-demand microtransit could be an option for parts of Albemarle in the future. The, the main difference between microtransit and Uber and Lyft is that Uber and Lyft uh, operate with a fleet of vehicles that are they're not infinite, but you never quite know what kind of vehicle you're going to get when you request a service. Whereas with microtransit, you have a set fleet of vehicles and a set uh, a set group of drivers that um, are operating the service. So it's more predictable and can be more closely branded with uh, public transportation, the local public transportation service and kind of more more closely affiliated with it. Currently, Pantops is also served by John's Buckingham Connect East service. So this service operates between Buckingham County and destinations in Charlottesville and Albemarle County. Um, those destinations include downtown Charlottesville, the University Hospital, uh, Martha Jefferson Hospital, and then Westminster Canterbury Retirement Community. Westminster Canterbury is the 14th largest employer in Albemarle County. In addition to the meetings on July 26th and July 28th, the consultants are holding individual meetings. The goal is to complete the study by early next year in order to apply for funding from the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation to pay for pilot and demonstration projects. Will any of this result in a better transit system? That remains to be seen. Another thing I encourage people to look at is the staff report of a February 11, 2008 joint meeting of the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors and the Charlottesville City Council, in which they discussed a study for a regional transit authority that was to have meant one unified system. That never happened, but eight years later, a regional transit partnership was formed to encourage collaboration between the three area systems. That body next meets on August 26th. And that's the end of the line for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Thank you for listening, and please do send it on to anybody you think might be interested in hearing it. Also, feel free to drop me a line if anything in this confused you or if you have any follow-up questions for me. I don't have any answers for you, but I can certainly point you in the right direction of whatever staff report I know of. 
We'll be back tomorrow with another installment. In the meantime, I also want to state that Ting will match your financial contribution as represented through Substack. If you contribute at the $5 a month level, $50 a year level, or $200 a year level through Substack, Ting will match that amount which is great because I believe this work I'm doing is quite important, or at least it's something that will hopefully help other people do good work in the future, because all I want to do is continue to bring this information each and every day. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program, and uh, I just want you to know, stay safe out there. We're not out of this yet. 